Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Rejection is God's protection. So when somebody rejects you, ultimately, to your point earlier, we weren't meant, we weren't aligned anyway. Yep. And that's okay. They are speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock, taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menzoir. Back streets, back. All right. What's happening, people? <laughs> it's your favorite podcast. It's Thoughts That Rock, where we take on some of today's challenges and try to come up with uh, incredible guests to give you these really tasty nuggets of advice uh, around um, some of the biggest challenges of today. Today, uh, we're just doing nothing but uh, yeah. Backstreet Boys. That's <laughs> it's, it. it's a Backstreet Boy day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. That's the only song uh, I know we from Backstreet that's the only one i was just trying to think of something else i get them confused with nsync that's the problem yeah we have backstreet boys and nsync stories that we can tell on a podcast at some point i want it that way is that backstreet boys yes yeah see yeah it took you a minute too you thought it was in sync there for a minute yeah i know it's hard hey there's a lot of boy bands here in central florida man it's true (laughs) we used to get confused with all of them it's true uh how you doing man good yeah Yes, it's it's funny because uh, people have to start getting used to us in uh, with, with different cameras now because we're yeah. in different locations. Yes, yes, in not the, always. I mean, sometimes you'll be here. I'm in the frigid north of South Georgia now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely different yes. time zone and everything. Yes, exactly. Well, we're we're excited about uh, our guest here. This was one of those where, um, you know, we I think we went to him. Mm-hmm. to ask about the topic and he wanted to talk about being your best self you know how can you yeah. show up as you mm-hmm. but then also to use that to be the best leader and it's our friend jm ryerson who it's awesome he's uh he's a performance and leadership coach i mean his whole business he's the ceo of let's go win so you think about his book is let's go win you think about his podcast yep um, but he, you, you're going to be able to tell right away. I, I think when people are listening, or it, you, but especially if they're physically, he's just a very positive guy and goes, "I'm just going to go out there and get at it." And he's put together a lot of processes and tools that that help him, and he just wants to push it off to everybody else. It was it was a cool conversation. It was an amazing conversation filled with uh, metaphors and analogies of snakes and belts and. Every, you know, uh, uh, female advice uh, that we should not or never should at all ever try why to would give we again. That? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Why, why do we do that? Who knows? Listen, if you dare. <laughs> Check this out. Cover so you guys are going to love this. There he is. J.M. Ryerson is in the building, in his own building. <laughs> What's up, buddy? 
Brother, I am so blessed to be with you again. Jim, good to see you. Brant, so good to be with you. I love your background, by the way. That thing is sick. But anyway, I oh, appreciate y'all having me on. It's awesome. It's great. He just Brant just got up in his new little office and already is like, wow, look at that thing, man. It's it is. <laughs> it's the, it's the only thing that is unpacked in this house at the moment <laughs> is what you see behind me. Everywhere Priorities. else is a tornado. Priorities. That's, That's right. it. It looks awesome, man. That's great. Yeah, JM, it was great uh, being on your show. Um, I think it was at the beginning of the year, end of last year, your Let's Go Win podcast. And uh, man, I, I'm glad we just hit it off. And I just knew we were going to have to figure out a time to get you on here. I know it took us a half a year, but you're here, man. We're, we're excited. Thank you so much. Uh, truly my pleasure, man. And it was, for those that haven't heard Jim on it, Let's Go Win Podcast, you crushed it. We had a great organic conversation we and did. so much energy that you bring every single time, brother. It was awesome. Well, now it's going to be on overload between the three of us. I'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> to your audience and our audience. So uh, the topic is great. I mean, we we uh, we do every once in a while talk about some element to this, but the way that you put it together, I mean, everybody knows this is a how-to podcast and it's how to show up as you to be the best leader. And man, this is right up your alley because you talk about both of these being, you know, authentically yourself, but really your whole jam is all around leadership, your books, your podcasts. So, you know, we're, we're just going to leave it up to you. We'll start off with that and just have a great conversation around it. How, how can you actually do this? How can you show up as you and, and why would that matter to be the best leader? What is your first thought that rocks? First thought, well, I hope it rocks, but it's something that I coach on all the time. It's to start with yourself as a leader, you have to take care of yourself first. So taking care of your mind, your body, your soul every single morning before you step out and help anyone else. Now, here's the challenge. When I speak to female clients, I'll go, hey, what did you do for yourself? And they'll list off the spouse, the kid, the dog, the car, the business. And I'm like, no, I asked, what did you do for you? Oh, and they don't have an answer. The, the challenge is there's a real shelf life to that. If you're not really honing in on yourself, 15 minutes a day, let's just say it's that. Five minutes, take care of your mind. So whether that's reading a book, listening to this awesome podcast, something feeding that mind. We all know to take care of the body. You need to move it in order to get some of those positive emotions going. And then lastly, the soul. I don't care if you want to read the Bible, go on a hike on the, in the mountains, go for a walk on the beach. That doesn't matter. What I care about is how are you filling that soul bucket? So for me, that's meditation. Now, my process is about two and a half hours long. It's substantial. It's probably way too much for... 99% of the world. And that's cool. But that gets me to be able to show up as the best leader I can be every single day in whatever hat I'm wearing as a dad, as a husband, you know, as an employer, I need to take care of me first so I can take care of everyone else. Putting on the oxygen mask first, right? In the plane. Well, why, why do you think a lot of people don't do that? I mean, I know people for sure. The first thing they do they roll over and pick up the phone and they're off to the races on their work or, or worrying about their day. Or like you said, even if it's just taking care of the family, 
there are so many people that talk about this all the time, but they just don't spend the 10, 15 minutes to really get those things right. Why, why do you think that's probably a big problem for maybe, maybe it's an American thing. I don't know, but I would think it's a global phenomenon, right? Yeah. So people think it's selfish to take care of themselves. We've been conditioned to believe that as a parent or as an employer, I need to take care of everyone else. And while that might be, somewhat true that you have responsibilities and duties you've just prioritized incorrectly like you said brant's got the priority to get the studio looking great crushed it we need to prioritize ourselves to be the best version of us otherwise how can you expect to lead anyone else so it's been conditioned from when we were kids that it's selfish to think of yourself it's selfish to do and while there's some facets of truth to that What I want you to think is how unselfish you're being by taking care of you first, because now you extend that life. Now you show up with the energy, with the the adequate ability to support everyone that you're looking to support. Yeah. I think it's for me, part, part of it, the challenge is, you know, the hustle culture that uh, has prevailed over the last few years is, they, they don't think of taking care of yourself as part of the hustle, right? I mean, that they think, they think you're actually not hustling when you're doing those things. It's almost like you're taking time off. Um, how do you get people to change their mindset that doing this is actually part of the hustle? Yeah, it's such a great point, Brent, because it, it, rise and grind. You hear that, man, like rise, grind. Well, what happens if you grind something over and over and over? It turns to dust. It blows away. It falls apart. So that whole idea is actually complete nonsense. Now, I understand the thinking well, I was the same way in my 20s, man. I was just, I can sleep four hours a day, bro, and I can just go kill it. Well, sure, you can. You are doing detrimental uh, problems and challenges to your health. You can't get it back. The reparations will go for a lifetime. Now, you can stop that now and say, look, just because this has been modeled for me, does that mean it's the best? No, we need to evolve. We need to change. Sleep is incredibly important for, for those executives listening right now. They're like, yeah, I can do it on four hours a night. Dr. Matthew Walker, there's a great book, they did, Why We Sleep. And he talks about the fact that only 1%, less than 1% in the world can survive on that and function at a high level. We really require, I'll say six on a minimum to eight hours of sleep. Now, I'm not a sleep expert. I just know after doing lots of research, like, look, you got to feel yourself up with good sleep, rest, diet, and move your body. These are some basic fundamentals, and the rise and grind idea doesn't support that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now it's a battle. It is. Go ahead, Brant. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say it's it's a battle, right? It's it's a. it's one of these things that they get up and they look on Instagram in the morning or they're, they're, they're scrolling through TikTok and it's, uh, uh, look at my, uh, Amazon drop shipping company that I just started yesterday and I'm already making $40,000 a day. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to, to, uh, resist the, the desire for results. Right. And, and one of the things that I, 
am constantly working with, with the, the people that I coach and work with is that you don't control results. Outcomes are out of our control. What's, what's in control is the deliberate intention we, we put into whatever we're doing. Right. And so if that's the thought process, if that's the, uh, the, the honoring of the values, if it's the, you know, living in, uh, in line with your purpose, all of those things, but the, the outcome, unless you're a wizard, unless you are Gandalf, you know, is not going to, to be controlled by you. And so when you can let go of the outcome, um, it allows you to focus on the process a lot more. And, and I think that that's, that's really the rub when, when the, the world just wants to show you the outcomes of what you get from hustling, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's absolutely true. And and what's so fascinating, brother, because you're right. The outcome's out of our control. We're in control of two things, our attitude and our activity. How's yours today? Well, so activity, we're talking about getting up, spending more time doing these things. Cool, but is it quality? Are you actually putting in quality work or are you just putting a bunch of hours? I had a business partner that would brag about his work ethic. 80 hours a week, dude, I'm crushing it. What did you actually get done? Yeah. And if your health is suffering, by the way, right now, if your health is declining, what's the point? I have so many executives that I also coach, Brant, where they're crushing it financially, but their health is a disaster. So they're yes. not going to be able to live long and their relationships suck. And that was the whole reason they started working. It's like, what is the point? You have to yeah. get clear on why you're doing what you're doing. Great, you made forty grand, but you're miserable and you're about to die. Who cares? None of right. that matters. Exactly. Yeah, I have to be honest. I I probably was one of these people, um, and it's funny. I used to say I was a workaholic because I could work 14, 16 hours and not skip a beat. Sometimes eighteen hours and and play through, and you wind up sleeping a day and a half later. And then I meet Brant, and you know he was just as bad, if not worse. We were both working constantly, but I, I bet I was very functional two decades ago, two and a half. Like you said, when you're younger and you think you can take on the world, that's fine. As I got older, to your point, I was working on a lot of things. I was working on, I was just mired in the thick of thin things. I was doing a bunch of small activities, but I was never working on the big, huge priority things and certainly not for myself. And it probably took a while for me to figure that stuff out. Now, you know, now I only work an hour a day and I take two, three naps. No, I'm just kidding. No, I still work, but it's not It's not where you're just, you feel like you're toiling around and you're burning the candle at both ends. Because if I was doing that, I would absolutely be uh, in the ditch. No doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And you really are talking about intention, right? Just because you're working long hours doesn't mean you're being productive. And Daniel Pink has a great right. book called drive and it talks about results only work environment he's looking back he must have it in the bookshelf I got it somewhere. Yeah. 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 yeah and it's like dude it makes so much sense i don't care if you did 60 hours i actually now i'm concerned if you're doing that much work because yeah. what were you doing effectively and if you're not being effective how can we support you so that you can do better work in a shorter period of time that badge of honor putting in six hours a week that was back in the 70s, 80s, 90s. That is dead, man. It really is. Yeah. I'm not saying don't work hard, but work smart and intentionally about what you're working on. Yeah. I'm curious. What, what is your, uh, just, just 
for my own knowledge, what are you doing for two and a half hours <laughs> in the morning? Like, what does that regiment look like? Well, I start the the most basic thing before my foot hits the ground. I say three things I'm grateful for. That literally, I won't get out of bed. No matter how bad I have to run to the restroom, man, I'm like, no left foot. You're not touching the ground until I say <laughs> these three things that I'm grateful for. Then I get into my breathing. You know, I, I basic, I follow probably the Wim Hof method most often, but 10 to 15 minutes of real deep breathing. Then I get into my, my well, I have mantras and then my meditation. And that all takes about a half an hour right then and there. Now I do my physical side. So, uh, so I actually do it backwards. My soul, I start with first. Then I go into working on the body, you know, whether it's a tonal workout or Peloton or if I'm playing. So that's going to be 30 to minutes to an hour. Then I get into my reading and typically I say 10 pages, but once I get into a book, man, I can't put it down. So there's another half an hour. And then that last half an hour to 45 minutes is really fueling myself up for, you know, what am I putting in my body today? I do a specific regiment with coffee and uh, X amount of water that I take in. And so it just, I've added it up. I'm like, dude, that's why I got to wake up a little bit earlier, but I know it's not for everyone. It's, it's just what, how I feel best. Yeah. Brant watches TikTok videos for 10 minutes and that's the start. He's off to the races. Then. I'm done. Then I'm in the shower and it's time to work. So that's, that's part of my problem. <laughs> Yeah, That's I invited awesome. Jay on here to do it. Don't, don't be judging yourself, brother. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Listen, we will be right back after this message. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best—it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line—it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right, my friend, that was awesome. That was a great first thought. What is your second thought that rocks? Second thought that rocks is really taking off the mask. So I don't know when it happens. I think it's like fifth, sixth, seventh grade. We all want to fit in and we want to be accepted and liked and we start putting on these masks well the problem is masks are for parties man they are not for everyday life and they pile up so if you're walking around not being your authentic self trying to show up as someone that you're not guess what people can see through it you're not happy and you're carrying around all this weight so what i ask of people is what do you really value what means the most to you? And are you showing up that way? And if you're not, let's remove those masks, man, because the beautiful light and energy is inside of you. That's what people can buy into as a leader. They don't buy into the facade that you try to put on, at least not long term. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You're speaking my language. Yes. This yeah. is... uh you know, so all of my work is centered around values. And so, you know, it is uh, this idea that, you know, I, I hear it from a couple of different viewpoints, right? I'll hear it from from women who are, are, can't find a successful relationship or they're not, you know, they're not happy with the, their current status. Um, 
And, and part of that is because they are wearing these masks. And so even if someone was interested in them, they're not actually interested in them. They're interested in the mask. And that, that is a, uh, a revelation that will come several weeks or months down the road when all of a sudden they are comfortable enough to be themselves. And then the person they're with is going, you're not the same person. What's, what's going on? I don't, I don't like this. Well, it's because you weren't authentic in the first place because you were wearing these masks because you thought that's what society wanted or what you needed to do to be able to achieve what you were trying to achieve. Um, we see it in the business place as well, right? I, I'm not being seen. I'm not being heard. My thoughts aren't being recognized. Well, are you being you? Are you, are you being, you know, just, just one of the rest of the sheep in the crowd, um, that, that are un, uh, uninspiring and blend in far too well to be <laughs> called out for or recognized for anything other than their similarities? Um, you know, that is, is part of the challenge. And so I guess my question would be for you, how do you coach people to begin to take off that mask? Yeah, brother, you said something that's so profound, and that is people try to uh, what they think people want to see them as. Here's the problem. We suck at knowing what other people think. You're not good at it, so why do we even try? Why do we say, I know what they're thinking, so I'm going to try and look this way? You don't know. And it's actually, again, for those that do this, take this as it is. It's somewhat of a narcissistic viewpoint that you think you know what someone else is thinking. You don't. So the moment you can stop and say, you know what? What anyone else thinks of me is none of my business. I should spend zero energy on what they think about me. That doesn't mean don't try to show up as your best self. We started with number one, show up as the best you. However, be comfortable with that person because that is when you'll really learn whether they do like you or they don't. And by the way, it's none of your business. Hopefully they do put it out there, but it truly, and I mean this as sincere, it's none of your business what anyone else thinks of you. And by the way, you don't have any control over it anyway. You put your best foot forward. That's all you can do. And once you can accept that, there's this freedom, brother. And you feel it just roll off your shoulders like, oh, the masks have come off. This is so easy. I don't have to pretend. This is, I, I'm just being me. It's such a beautiful feeling. I know you're laughing because you definitely have experienced it. And you said you coach people on it. When you watch it happen, it's like, oh, yeah. what an amazing feeling. It is. And, and you know, it's funny. I, I, I just uh, finished reading um, Change Your Paradigm, Change Your Life uh, by Bob Proctor. And um, one of the things he says in this book that that just resonated so well and, and, and lines up exactly with what you just said is he says, uh, um, uh, self-awareness opens the door, uh, but self-acceptance holds it wide open. Mm. Right. And, and, and that is this, I think when we're working with people who want to better themselves, right. They, they're, they're into the personal development part of this. Um, self-awareness is a door that opens and closes. With every with every opportunity, right? Every every interaction, that door is swinging back and forth and back and forth. And it's not until you accept yourself or who you are that that door stays open. Um, and it can get exhausting because if you you're you're really self aware of this decision and then you're clueless, you're really self aware of this decision and then you're clueless. Um, you it, it just becomes such a um, a, uh, a cipher of energy and, and good vibes and feeling like you're making progress and any of that stuff until you get to the point that you go, you know what? I like who I am. I like who I am and I'm okay if you don't. <laughs> 
Um, but that acceptance holds that door open so that you just can walk in and out of that door with every interaction you have. And then people start to see you for who you truly are. No, so true, brother. And you know, and part of my mantra that I say is I am the energy I desire to attract. I say it mm -hmm. every single day. Now, what does that mean? That means today I want to be enthusiastic. I want to be joyful. I want to be kind. Cool. That's what I'm going to attract. Now, here's the other part. I heard this on another podcast. Rejection is God's protection. And I was like, whoa, dude, that is freaking deep. If you break it down for a second, rejection is God's protection. So when somebody rejects you, ultimately, to your point earlier, we weren't meant, we weren't aligned anyway. And that's okay. Be yep. okay with the fact that, you know what? I thought we were going to be best friends. I thought we were going to be soulmates and we're just not. And God was seeing some protection for you. How many times as business people, you can go back and go, I'm so glad this deal fell through. <laughs> Even though at the time I was crushed, man, this was yeah. everything. I thought this was going to be the greatest thing ever. Nope. It was not because you weren't aligned. And when people can kind of see it that way, where it's like, all right, look, this rejection is just God protect me, A, and B, what energy am I putting out there? And when you're truly authentic, it, it allows so much energy to be mm. joyful or be kind or be whatever you want to be instead yeah. of pretending. That takes so much work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think when, when I, I love this thought for sure. And I was thinking about, um, social media. I mean, and Brant, maybe you were alluding a little bit to this as well. You know, it, it probably has made uh, society worse in a lot of ways, has made it better. It can be used for good. But I think when you talk about taking off the mask, to some degree, people sort of let their guard down. They they sort of became, in, in some ways, their authentic self. They would say things they maybe wanted to say out in public and, and probably wouldn't dare do that in person but yet they can sort of get away with this. Now that becomes very bad in a lot of ways because they're hiding behind that. They feel a little bit more gregarious. They feel like, okay, I can say whatever I want to, but it does start to break down a little bit of that in-person of what happens in society. So I'm trying to imagine what it would look like when you're saying break down those masks, take off that mask to be your authentic self. Is the authentic self online or is the authentic self how you would be in public. And I, I guess, you know, in the second part to that then also is, you know, you're, when you're talking about the how to thought and you're talking show up as your best self, show up as you so that you can be a great leader. So far, a lot of the stuff we've talked about isn't around leadership. It's about being a better person, maybe a better uh, father, maybe a better kid, a better, um, friend, whatever it is, maybe community leader in there as well. But a lot of that is just sort of personal leadership. So again, I guess my, my question would be, you know, is the authentic person, is the real you, the way you are at home and you just feel a little bit more able to share, you know, what your, yourself out there, or is it really, you've got a mask on and it's a little bit of a different mask, uh, but your real self is when you're out in society, in the public domain. I don't know. I mean, you probably talk about this all the time, JM. Yeah, for me, who you get right now is the same guy you're going to get off the camera. You're the same guy you're going to get on stage. And I made that commitment a long time ago because as I've been in this influencer space, quote unquote, 
I've met so many guys and gals, they're on stage and they're dynamic and they're saying yeah. all these things you do. Then I go to dinner. I'm like, where did that person go? Cause this is not even the same person, but I just yeah. imagine how much work that would be for me. And if anybody follows any of my stuff, you'll see videos, bro, where I, when I first moved to Florida, I had like a 16 year old boy with acne. I was like, what is going on? So I could try and make up all that. I just let it go, man. Cause here's, here's my truth. Here's my reality. And when you live in that truth, that allows you to be the best leader. And it, to me, it goes back to energy. Every time you're trying to pretend to be something you're not, that is expending a lot of energy versus just being you utilizing that energy. Now you can spend that towards building your business, spend that towards giving feedback or uh, recognition or praise to the people that you're working with because you're not spending so much time thinking about yourself. Now you can give more. So that's really where it starts to tie in because in my opinion, it's all holistic. Like my business is a part of my personal is a part of, you know, I'm just, I want to be the same guy because it's just so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I think it's, as we're talking about this and talking about masks, I'm thinking we really need to get people to sort of, uh, if we can convert their masks to belts, right? So, so don't, don't wear different masks. Think about this wearing different belts. Someday you need a tool belt. Someday you need a seat belt. <laughs> Someday you need a, a, you know, a Gucci uh, 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 you know, alligator belt to wow them. Some days you need the rodeo giant six inch belt buckle. You know, the, the idea is if we convert to belts and allow our faces to be seen for who we are and we keep that authenticity, but yet apply that authenticity in a different way, right? We're not hiding. We're not hiding. We're, we're actually, listen, I've seen some douchey people wearing some awful belts, right? I mean, let's, <laughs> let's, let's be true. I've played golf with a guy who, who wore a white belt that, that had a giant belt buckle on it that said sexy. And I just wanted to punch him in his face. Um, but, th but that is a, uh, a, a choice, <laughs> but he was being authentic. Or maybe that was an ugly mask. I don't know. Um, it was an ugly belt. That much I know for sure. <laughs> and and the idea, though, I think, is that when we when we take the mask, just lets us hide. Mm -hmm. So if we if we if we start thinking about not hiding, and I know uh, as an accessory, especially for women, the belt matters, man. I mean, you you put on the wrong belt, it ruins the whole outfit. So it's like this idea of of conversion. I don't know why it just took us down this massive rabbit hole for <laughs> wearing different belts, but in my brain, this is a great idea. Well, here's what I would say. The way I took that in is when I'm wearing a belt, <laughs> the, the rodeo belt, that doesn't mean I'm a cowboy. Although I am from Montana, I have ridden horses. I worked on ranches. However, it's allowing me to relate to them as long yes. as that doesn't get in the way of just yeah. the truth of who you are. And that saying, live your truth, it's one yeah. of the things my kids have heard ad nauseum. It's like, bro, yeah. live your truth because yeah. I can never tell you your feelings are wrong. No one in this world, by the way, can say, hey, Jim, your feelings are wrong because that's not true. They're yours. Right. You get to right. own them. It doesn't yep. mean you're right. It yes. just means they're your feelings. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
All I know is we've made three analogies about women so far on the show for these three men. Like we know what we're talking about. We're going to point that out. We don't, we don't. All right, man. What, what is your, let, let's bring us home, JM. What is your third thought that rocks? Yeah. Courage is like a muscle. It gets stronger the more you use it. Now, why mm. is that important? Most people don't show up as their most authentic self because of fear. Now, to me, fear is not real, although I understand it. False evidence appearing real. But they can be completely debilitating. So one of the most tangible exercises that I teach my people, I call it the 3R system. So whatever fear that you have, the first thing I want you to do is recognize it and then write it down. Cool. So we, we wrote down uh, my fear of public speaking. Let's just say that's it. Cool. Write it down. Now, the second R is to release it. I want you to shred it, burn it. That's my favorite. Maim it, eat it. I don't care. Destroy what you wrote down, my fear of public speaking. And the third R is to react in total opposition because that allows our courage muscle to flex just a little bit. Now, does that mean if I do it one time, I've cured this fear forever? No, you may have to do that a hundred times. But it gives you a system to say, okay, fear, I see you. You're not actually real, right? False evidence appearing real. So I'm going to make you real. I'm going to write it down. Now I'm going to shred. I'm going to destroy that thing. And then I'm going to react in opposition. When you do that with almost any fear, you start to overcome and realize it wasn't that bad. In fact, I'm mm -hmm. actually a great public speaker because I do it all the time. When I'm having a conversation with another human being, I'm public speaking. We just put it in this narrative or this thought that it's something bigger than it is. But once we go through the three R's, it's like, oh, I could do that. And then next thing you know, it becomes really easy. And you can apply that to any fear in your leadership, in whatever area of life you want to. Man, I so relate to this. It's, uh, well, speaking number one, I mean, everybody I think by now knows it's the number one fear of all humans. And I think I was nervous about this. Coming out of high school, I would not want to stand up in front of anybody. And the only way you get better, and I think most people now know this, that speak for a living, you got to lean in and do it. You've got to practice. I don't care how many classes, how many PowerPoints, however much someone's going to tell you, you will never get better. You learn by doing. You have to actually do it. And I think that's, you're, you're making a great point that that's how you get past the fear. But the second part that one of my all-time favorite TV shows till it started to get crazy around season three and four was Lost. I was so wrapped up in Lost. I love it. And, and one of the very beginning opening scenes, uh, I use this clip in a lot of my leadership stuff, is, is the lead, the, the lead guy in that show, Jack, talks about this moment where he was trying to sew somebody up on the table and their spinal fluid and all these strands spilled out everywhere. And he freaked out and it was the fear. And he goes through the story and the way he's telling it and he's starting to cry, you're all into this. And he goes, the fear was so real, but I did exactly what you just said, JM. He said, I'm going to let it in. I'm going to let it consume me for five seconds and that's it. And he started to count down and he just said, it's real, it's there. But when he got through counting down, he said, that's it. And he went right in and sewed the person up and saved the person's life fear is going to be there. You can't get away from it. It's one of those things you can't control, particularly if it's from some other uh, stimulus, regardless of where it comes from. But you can choose on how you want to respond. Like if somebody's going to cut you off in traffic, 
not everybody cusses out and flips them off or road rages. You know, some people slow down. Some people chill out, listen to, I don't know, classic rock or whatever it is. Your life is not dictated to you. And I think your whole point about fear and thinking how you can use that to your advantage, but get past it soon, I think is brilliant. Yeah, so I didn't watch Lost, so I don't know the scene you're talking about. But yeah. when you're talking about life and death, what it makes you do is it makes you move. Well, when you move, just like we talked about taking care of our body, naturally biology starts to take over. Well, positive emotions. Yeah. Now we're overcoming this fear just by simply moving. So actually, step one in anything, whether it's public speaking or sewing this guy or gal up, is just start to move because biology is going to take over. Now that's that's just mm -hmm. the way our bodies work. So it is amazing how if you don't let fear stop you and you just start moving just a little bit, it creates momentum. So yeah. it is, I, I wish, now I'm gonna have to go watch Lost to see the scene that you're talking about. And that's a long <laughs> series, man. <laughs> yeah. I'll send you the clip. I, it's just a two minute clip. I'll send that to you. Love well, it. listen, man, JM, you've been amazing. Uh, uh, what incredible uh, advice uh, for these last three thoughts that you've given us. I am still going to hold true that snakes is <laughs> scarier than, than speaking. I'm sorry. Uh, no one will ever convince me that, that you are more afraid of getting up on stage than a snake. That is just ridiculousness on every level. Um, I, I'm sorry. Uh, Go what? work with Gatorland. We'll get you past that. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it's all fun and games until one of them rears back at you and then you have nightmares. All right. I'm getting, I'm, I'm off track. I'm, I'm into my own psyche. Um, yeah. The idea here is that um, we want people to be able to get more from you. Where, where would you like us to send people so that they can learn a little bit more about you, your coaching practice, everything that you're doing right now? I uh, thank you, brother. Well, first go to let's go in podcast and hear Jim speak because if you like this episode and this, it was way better with him, man. I'm telling you, he was crushing it the whole time. Uh, also, let's go win.com. Uh, the books are there, free assets in the blog, all that stuff is there. And, uh, you know, let's go win 365. So if you look up, let's go win, you'll see me. And, and if you resonate, I'd love to chat. Cool, awesome. man. Listen, we're going to look for you down the road, too. I envision at some point we're going to wind up being at the same event, maybe all on the stage at the same time, because I know you're you do a lot of this stuff and, and yours may be a little bit more on the consulting uh, side as well. But everything you touch is just fantastic. And we're so happy, so thrilled that you could spend a little bit of time with us, man. We guys, thank you. it is truly my pleasure. It was an honor to be here. And anytime you guys want to go speak on stage, we'll get into belts and snakes. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to we're, we're going to have some fun and people yeah. are going to take a couple things away. So thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm sending I'm sending us all yeah, snake yeah. belts. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> that would be awesome. What a great <laughs> gift. All right, my friend. Be take good. Care, thank you. Hey, rock stars! Thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah, and listen, we know how busy you are, and grabbing those little nuggets of wisdom that can amp up your life are super hard to come by. So we hope this episode helped you enough for you to maybe subscribe and consider leaving us a rating and a review so that we can continue to grow the show. Das That Rock is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and also supports Cannonball Kids Cancer and their fight for finding and funding treatment options for kids who have run out of options. 
They're amazing. Their work is incredible. To learn more, please go to caninvolvekidscancer.org. Finally, if you're interested in having Grant or Jim or both of us speak at your event, whether as a virtual webinar or an in-person conference keynote or mastermind, contact us directly at thoughtsatrock.com. Until next time, rock on! Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.